0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of the Justin Inside Podcast, the show where I, Tim Burtbeck, talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, happy New Year, everyone. I hope everyone had a wonderful festive period and didn't miss me too much. Uh, I'm joking, gonna be honest, I missed you probably more than you've missed me over the last couple of weeks. But people need some time off to recharge and stuff like that. Um, not necessarily myself, but <laughs> uh, sort of getting hold of guests and things was was difficult over the festive period. So I thought we'll have a break, we'll start fresh in the new year. So we're here we are, 2019, um, and we've got loads of cool things planned for this year. I'm trying to make a bit more of a go of things for this year in terms of the show and just kind of putting more content out there and trying to get this in as many people's ears as as possible. Um, the first part of that. We've already kind of started. Uh, I think I can't remember my dates because I'm still in weird festive crossover mode. But at some point last week, I launched the Justin Insight website, which is justininsight.com. Um, all of the previous music episodes, I, I've decided to uh, hold back on the wrestling episodes because I'm trying to make this more music focused. As much as I love wrestling i might be doing that as a, a side bit at some point I'm, i haven't decided yet but anyway all the musical guests all the musical episodes are now on the website uh as well as all future episodes that will be the place that people will be directed to from now on it will have all the links to apple podcast spotify soundcloud Acast, and things like that um but i just wanted to have sort of like a single hub place where i can advertise the show and people can direct people to go to the show um as well as that i'm gonna i want to start putting more writing content out uh, again so i'm going to be doing a few more sort of like reviews and things so by the time this record uh, this record apologies this episode is out uh, we will have our first record review of the year up on there as well as the first film review of the year so they're the two kind of things that i'm sticking out as well as i'm going to do uh, live show reviews trying to get back into the swing of things with that as well um written interviews I'm going to leave to to sort of already heard and things like that but there'll be something later in the year that may be crossing over with that, we'll wait and see how things go with that Um, something else that we're we're looking to feature on the website is I'm going to be picking a band of the month each month, just to kind of uh, highlight and focus on stuff that I've been listening to, or stuff that I think people should be more aware of Um, this month is a band that we're kind of that, well they released their their sort of debut EP last year but I think this year is going to be a massive year for them so the first band we're focusing on is a band called Akulu so you can head over to the site go to the feature uh, Band of the Month feature and read all about Akulu on there um, finally going to be putting a bit more of a push on the Patreon side of things I set it up and uh, this isn't a slight in any way. I get money's tight and things. <laughs> Trust me, I get that. Um, but I thought just to try and make that bit more of a thing. Uh, I'm looking to try and get Patreon episodes out. So we'll be looking to do that on a fortnightly basis. Uh, it'll kind of be a more of a re- review sort of show rather than what we do on the weekly show here. Uh, so going to be looking at sort of releases I've listened to within those that two-week period doing a little review of it but also hoping to sort of get other people's inputs with their other musicians uh music writers podcasters and try and make a bit more of a not a chat show but like yeah just talking a bit more about the music sort of side of things rather than the personality which is what i love to do on this weekly show which will still remain completely free um, so, yeah, that is what we're going ahead to in 2019. So, let's kickstart this year with an awesome guest. Joining me this week on the Justin Inside podcast is Pupil Slicer guitarist and vocalist Kate Davis. Um, we discuss Kate discovering heavy music sort of later on in life and kind of immersing herself within the culture of it, um, and that leading to her obviously picking up a guitar we discuss her playing guitar and the vast improvements that she's made over such a short period of time um and we also talk about her recently coming out as a trans woman um and sort of the reception she got to to telling the world that news at the latter part of of last year as well so yeah this is a really awesome conversation uh with a really awesome person so really hope you enjoy the chat that i have with kate and I will see you on the other side. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to the Justin Insight podcast for 2019. Uh, joining me for the, for the first episode of this year is uh, Pupil Slicer guitarist uh, Kate Davis. Kate, thank you very much for, for being my first guest of the new year. How, how's 2019 treated you in the four days that we've had? <laughs>
1: Eventful so far.
0: Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, happy to be on. Um, I guess we'll kick off, sort of obviously, uh, talk about Christmas, and New Year. How how was it for for you? Just it was it just kind of chill break or? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, didn't
2: really get up too much. No, I think
0: the older I get, the, the less I kind of care about Christmas and New Year. Like, <laughs> I just seem to like in my day job like I had no time off so like literally Christmas Eve and oh uh, sorry no Christmas Day and Boxing Day were like two days off work and then it was just kind of back to normal which was a bit shitty but not the most eventful <laughs> no but hey ho I'm back to to doing this which is which is what I enjoy doing now so we're we're getting through it it's it's, wor- it's worth it for this <laughs> yeah. but um as I like to to start all these episodes, I like to kind of take my guests back to their sort of quote-unquote origin story. So what kind of got you into alternative music in the first place?
1: Um, well, I didn't actually really get that into alternative music for a long time. It was um, sort of when I was young, I'd listen to Daft Punk and Justice. Okay.
2: And
1: just that. And then um, like whatever I'd heard... In a movie or right. a video game or something like that. So I got a bit into um, Avenged Sevenfold when I was fifteen because I heard that song from them back then. And then really, it didn't really progress past that until um, a lot later, maybe when I was like eighteen or nineteen. Right. Um, and then I was into godspeed you black emperor and that kind of post rock and lots of shoegaze stuff okay cool and um then i was like look, look, looking through stuff to listen to and i saw the cover of sunday the by death heaven right and i was like oh that looks like Tyco. it looks like some relaxing <laughs> electronic you know i was like i'll put that on it's summer it'd be a nice day <laughs> so i put it on and uh, was walking around london my first year of uni and uh, didn't really have I, I couldn't really be bothered to turn it off when it started. It was something else. I was like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just give it a try. Yeah, yeah. And I think it got to a vertigo halfway through the album with the massive post-rock intro. And I was like, this is great. And then, uh, <laughs> I kept coming back to it, even though I hated the vocals. I like, always hated those kinds of anything with harsh vocals. And I just came, kept coming back to it and it sort of just clicked like how... Because Friends had recommended me stuff before. Like Friends had recommended me like Dillinger Escape Plan. Stuff of like that and at the time I was just like it's just noise I don't get it, yeah, I don't yeah. get why they're screaming I don't, and then when like listening to death Heaven I was like oh the voice is like an instrument like adding a rhythmic element, Yeah. I then went back and then I think the next thing I listened to after death Heaven is I went back to like a friend recommended me Jane Doe out of like <laughs> that was the first thing they were like oh you like death Heaven, listen to Jane Doe <laughs> and I loved it and just so my entry was that like Death Heaven, then Jane Doe, then I think One of Us is the Killer by Dillinger. Or nice. From Parallus, it's one of them. And then basically, because that was my first thing now, like Mass was my number one. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's all I care about. But I've expect, it's really weird, because most people would be like Slipknot or Iron Maiden. Or yeah, yeah. Something like that. And I was more started from the other end. And then I've gone back, like, last, last year or something, I got into Slipknot, and like, a bit before that, I, I was into Maiden because they were playing a festival, I went, because I was going to see like, Kajira or something, and I was like, I'll get into Maiden
0: because they're playing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a bold statement, saying you got into Slipknot in 2018, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not the best time, but I, I still think Iowa's the best, so, yeah I
0: mean, no, no, no not that's... being too controversial
1: there, so. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: That's fair enough. So when you were kind of younger, like you said, sort of like stuff in films and things. But like, what kind of music did you grow up with then?
1: Um, whatever was on radio too. My mum. Had. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> um, enough. It wasn't really. Yeah, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of stuff growing up. So it was all sort of brand new. Yet yeah, when I started exploring music myself,
0: so because obviously I I met you. Obviously living in London. So but where where about? Are you originally from London or? Where was you from? Um,
1: no, I was from
2: Bournemouth.
0: Um, oh, okay. So, so, you're not too far from from me because I'm I'm Portsmouth. So, just down okay. just down the yeah, road. Yeah,
1: I'm living up in uh, Halesbury now. So, like oh, okay. the other end of London.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you,
1: it's fine. It just makes it a bit long to get back into London for gigs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine.
1: Because it's the closest shows. But...
0: Uh, um, you mentioned obviously kind of getting into sort of speed you and things so how did you go from listening to sort of like film soundtracks and sort of gaming sort of stuff into like the, the whole post-rock thing how... i think
1: it was more just like i wanted to uh i just wanted to see what was out like i i kept you know you see those charts online being like recommended get into all this mm. i was i was just like i'll give it a try i think it was um like, a chart of, like, top ten, whatever, like, a fairly broad range, and it had, like, um had, like, Kanye on it. Okay. Um, uh, Loveless, My Bloody Valentine, um, Slow Dive, Godspeed. Uh, uh, I think I got into Death Grips for a while back then, but I can't stand them now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, it was... I, I think I just like kept listening through new things so I was just like there's so much I haven't heard and so many like musical concepts that are entirely new yeah um, and I found that really enjoyable just going through on and, and like when I'd understand a new genre or a new band I found that really exciting
0: so in terms of kind of you actually sort of playing music did that kind of come along later or has that been something that yeah, you've always that been into
1: a lot later as well I think I bought my I, I had like a crappy acoustic that i got i got when i was really young and then i uh, couldn't really play it i went to like one local youth guitar lesson and it didn't go anywhere and then i was a bit older uh i think i bought a another acoustic which was only slightly less crap. it's unplayable <laughs> to me now having experienced good guitars it was like maybe
2: 20 quid as opposed to five <laughs> um, and on that i learned um dream house by Death. heaven is like the first oh
1: wow
0: i was really into them
1: yeah it was, it was a really weird like place to start i think and um so it's not really a conventional way and then i got an electric guitar a bit after because i was like i want distortion and reverb and whatever so I just had a little and that so that was when I was breaking the second year of uni so maybe like three years ago yeah yeah or it might have been the end of the first year but yeah so I haven't been playing entirely long night our first EP I'm sort of uh, quite distant to and don't like that being out there as like the image of our music because at the time I wrote that with my friend it was I'd been playing for like six months guitar and uh, I joined this band. So, our band came about with. um I, I first looked online and I was looking for like Death Heaven, like sort of post black metal or Godspeed bands. Right. And um, I joined this post black metal band, uh, Kvice, and uh, we had one show with that. And um, the bassist from that band just had this one death metal riff or like carcassy riff. And he really liked it, so it was a joke, Like over a weekend we wrote that song and then ended up writing the EP. Okay. And then I came up with the name Pupil Slicer because I just thought... Originally as a joke, I was like talking to my friend, like what's thinking up fun? like you'd think up funny, like the most obscene grind band name. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted it to be like gro- Gore Grind or something, but we're not good enough to play that at the time, <laughs> so we just sort of, we went with that riff and then sort of did the rest of the EP and then it became something we actually liked and then we ended up getting the drummer who was in our post black metal band originally and uh, then the other guitarist became the bassist and it sort of was the exact same lineup. we just changed fans <laughs> at that point
0: So just go, going back a, a little bit because you said like you don't sort of kind of like that first EP being other, but that's like nuts to be sort of six months in and like I think that sort of like first EP is pretty, pretty good. I was listening to it earlier this okay. week. It's it. Yeah, like, obviously, every musician. Like, yeah, six months into guitar playing, and now I'm like three and a half, four
1: years. And just the distance in my ability and knowing what I want to write. Because at the original, in the original incarnation, it was that bassist. And he definitely wanted a carcass, very death metal, very. Grindy and I, I was listening to Dillinger and stuff and wanted a bit of that in there. Yeah. Um, and then he quit um, fairly soon after. He only co- he contributed to that first EP and I think uh, I think he did a bit on um, one of the new songs for the split we're doing because I wrote that back then and that's just old material we've been playing live since it just wasn't ready when we recorded the EP. Um, yeah and and then since he quit it sort of just become like i I, there was a moment when i realized i was like i can write anything (laughs) (laughs) i can make these people play it which sounds really bad my (laughs) bandmates are great and they contribute so much to the band i wouldn't be able to do it without them but it's just like now i can have an idea for what i want it to be and actually do something a bit more fulfilling yeah yes um and more like what I want to
0: hear because
1: that's basically what I've written with our album that um, I finished that uh, like two months ago. Yeah, And was just uh, vocal
0: lyrics left, right. And in terms of, kind of the the other thing that I always kind of like to sort of almost embarrass guests with, but sometimes most of the time people don't seem to have that embarrassing first gigs. But like for someone that got into sort of I guess the alternative world a little bit later. What what was your exposure to kind of like the live side of that? Like, did did again did that come later, or had you been to like sort of your I, bigger gigs? I kind hadn't of thing? Been
1: to shows for a, My first show was when I moved to London, and that was some indie rock. Uh, indie rock band Dan Kroll. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, it's quite. I haven't listened to it since. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed that at the time, and I think. I was like, like, everyone at that, like, when you first start getting into music, I was like listening to everything like Anthony Fantano says at that yeah. Age. yeah and like liking all those bands, so I went to see Swans, and I went to see Godspeed, and uh, I think the first sort of loud rock gig I went to was um, Dope Body, who are a post-punk band right? Um, from the US, and that was in like a tiny pub, and I'd never seen anything like jumping off the stage, and I was just blown away by that, and then... I don't think I can remember the first... I think the first metal, anything I would have seen would have been Death Heaven. Yeah. Um, Arc Tangent, um, the year they played. And yeah. that got me into so much new music because Dillinger were playing that year. I got to see them live and that sold me on them. <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
1: uh, Cult of Luna were playing there. They blew me away. I'd never heard them before. And I just um, walked over to them while they were playing and they were halfway through dark city dead man off uh, somewhere along the highway and i was just like this is amazing <laughs> yeah. uh, like, there was just so much i hadn't experienced in that whole world and it was all yeah it's been great um i don't think i can't imagine where i'd be now without getting into music yeah uh, yeah this thing is such a big part now
0: it's quite interesting like to considering like as you say, only sort of discovering it maybe like sort of four or five years ago. Is that about roughest? Yeah. Yeah. So like for for me, I've been sort of listening to this stuff since I was like maybe like 12, 13. But that's like my older brother kind of like had a big influence on sort of like what I listened to and, like the early things. But it's, it's, it's really refreshing to kind of hear someone like getting into it. Uh, a sort of a late not not saying that you're old by any stance but like a, a later sort of age and getting fully immersed in it whereas like I think a lot of people w- might be put off by it sort of thing if that makes sense
1: yeah I suppose so I mean I ended up taking my mum to see uh, like Death Heaven once
0: okay that's and sick like, my mum would never like, go and see Death Heaven
1: also the like the final Dillinger show in London I think I took
0: her to that show. that's sick that's so um, good. yeah
1: it was great she like just liked what I listened to and would come along it was yeah it was, she was into it she was enjoying
0: them your mum's fucking rad that's a, my mum would never <laughs> do anything like that yeah I but, think I think the closest my mum's ever come to like a punk show was uh, this is this is going back years my brother uh, I think it was, like his very first Band played in a little youth centre down the road from us, and uh, my mum and dad were like stood outside and looked through the window, and I think that's the closest she's ever come to (laughs) coming to a gig. But yeah, so obviously you kind of mentioned earlier like how sort of pupil sighter kind of came to be, but like from the kind of point of view picking up an instrument, was it instantly that you wanted to be in a band or? was it just a case um, that the kind I of the think chips at
1: the start I just wanted to like try
2: yeah.
1: uh, I felt like starting at I think 18 I was nearly 19 when I think I was 19 when I started um, I thought starting at that age I was like well I'm never going to go anywhere because I can't I can't really put that to use and then like, I haven't got the years of experience like everyone's like oh yeah I started when I was 10 and like I picked up a guitar when I was six in my grandparents' yeah, house, yeah. and that was it. So, like I felt, I did feel at the start like there was no point, but I was, I just sort of wanted people to like cover Def End with or something, and then <laughs> yeah. that ended up sort of. That has been my main like that became my thing, and now it's just me and the drummer from that original band, and then um, we're a bass We've got a bassist like last year who joined. He's been fantastic because um, our previous bassist quit. So. It was just me and the drummer for about three months. We yeah. played a few shows as a two-piece. Um, those were interesting. Um, and then uh, this bassist joined. Like, sent me a message, and uh, I sent him over the tabs. And we were like, "We're practicing tomorrow. If you want to come and meet us." And he'd learn the songs. By, Fucking hell! But and then we had a gig two days later, and he came along and he smashed it. And it was fantastic. And he's just so dedicated. He's been so helpful like it, it just seems like we've got everything sorted now with the lineup we got like a drummer's super solid we get on really well We're, like best friends with like go through all the ideas writing together and then the bassist i ban- bounce songs off like i'll finish a song idea send it him and then he'll be like this part isn't weird enough <laughs> we'll like, oh you want weird okay <laughs> and just like start copy-pasting bars and changing the time signatures of them yeah, yeah. to make it sound wackier. That's, that's all the new, like, there's not a ton of Matthew stuff in the older stuff, even though that's what I wanted it to be. Um, but the album's varied, just like Dillinger Worship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we've got a post-rock song in there, because I wanted to do something to have <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to sorting out the album. We've got drumming booked, I think, for late February early
0: April and then I think uh do you know um Frontiera yeah 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 um we'll be recording guitars and vocals up with uh, Pedro oh and sick I think we're we were originally going to do that but like logistically it just doesn't work for any of us because we're all heading towards 30 in full-time jobs sort of thing <laughs> yeah. um but I think, I think
1: we're gonna try and just uh since it's just me on all the guitars and vocals now it's easier if i just go there and i think our bassist should probably di i mean i might end up di it's just the cost of getting up there but yeah hopefully like the the plan is in some way he does the mixing and sorting out of guitars and everything yeah
0: i think that's kind of like what where we're at is i think we're going to record a bit closer to home and then send it to him to mix and master because like the stuff that Ped does is just fucking ridiculous. His, his
1: mixes just sound so massive; it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's the dynamic range of it, like because I, I have to say, I bought a Whammy pedal because of Frontier. Nice. <laughs> 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 and then a lot of the new materials overusing that a bit too much. So he, <laughs> you can, I'm know, sure you he'll can't. He'll be able to handle it. He'll he know his stuff when it comes to.
0: You can't o- you whammy. can't overuse a Whammy. You're you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but like the one thing that i was i was trying to kind of get up, like do you kind of feel like you kind of mentioned with the with the bases just sort of like slipping in and things like do you feel that in such a short space of time that things have kind of just fallen perfectly for you because a lot of people as you say like have that kind of grind of going through different bands for several years until they finally get to the one that works for them but you it almost seems like You've kind of hit the jackpot first time, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I was just too lucky. <laughs> just all, all works out. I mean, it's not like it hasn't been hard. Like when when we were starting, it took us ages to like. Um, I mean, we we were worried the drummer wouldn't want to do it, and then the the original guitarist from the other band who did bass didn't really enjoy the music, but he just wanted to play live shows. Right. So it just sort of felt like it was very teetering on the edge of falling apart. And then the original guy I wrote the songs with, um, he was the vocalist on the uh, first EP and the split we did with Death Girls. And um, I think after two shows he couldn't make because he moved to Dorchester. Right. Which is like three hours out of London. Yeah, yeah. So he couldn't do shows anymore after the first two. And I only found out like three days before our show opening for Frontier Oh, no he was like I can't do it uh, can you do the vocals and I was I panicked a bit there because <laughs> I can't really do vocals what then yeah yeah but it worked out I mean it forced me to learn and then I've been doing vocals at every show since then and it's sort of just all fallen into place like I wanted to do vocals from the start but at the same time I've always worked like I feel like it's a bit restrictive because I want to be able to jump off things and
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: go like windmill kicking while
0: playing and everything.
1: Uh but I try and get a bit of that in when I'm not at the mic.
0: Yeah, because so works out. Because that's a, the like again with the sort of like picking up like guitar sort of like obviously almost being forced into that position of of doing vocals. Like was that quite sort of like a daunting situation, or was it just a case of because that was a situation you had to deal with it?
1: I mean, I had to deal with it, but that didn't stop it being incredibly daunting at yeah. the time. And then, I mean, even after that, we were looking for a vocalist for ages and um, tried a few, but it just sort of never clicked with anyone. And the whole time during that, I was just doing it, and getting better, and everyone would like come up to me after shows and be like, "Oh, that sounds great! It sounds like Jeff from Carcass." <laughs> depending on how I was doing my vocals at first I was really bad at them and they sounded like Jeff and then I started doing them lower and then I think on this new split I did something like in the studio I started like doing hardcore screaming or something and I'd never done that before but it yeah. just came out in the studio and like first take we were like yeah there we go like, I was so nervous in the studio like, I'd never recorded vocals i never practiced them at home which is terrible yeah um, but I got in front of the mic and I was just—it was just like go for it—and I just sort of tried as hard as I could to scream the words out, and it sounded like pretty great. So we did two (laughs) takes, two takes for each song, and then chose the best bits of those. And I was really pleased. I think I'm really looking forward to recording the album now because I didn't write the—I didn't write the lyrics for one of the split songs, and the other one I just sort of wrote on the bus. In a rush because we were going to play it at a gig. <laughs> to sort of be, <laughs> I wrote lyrics that were sort of meant to be filler, sort of like more jokey gory lyrics for the scene But then on the album, I've actually started trying to write like meaningful things. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to getting out. As trying to do a bit of a concept or something with the album.
0: That's cool. Oh, well, obviously, like the other thing. Obviously, well, the way that we kind of met, you were kind enough to to put us on in a show in London and obviously that
1: was the first
0: show I did oh was it actually I didn't realise that yeah
1: it was you death Girls, so divorcee death Girls, us um the brood yeah is that the one where we had the noise band
0: Uh, um I can't remember
1: I think I had the noise band at another yeah the second one um who else was there was one other band wasn't there
0: yeah oh Total Consumption that was it
1: yeah yeah Oh, that was that went so well that show. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I cashed in all the obligated friends on that first show. So the ones <laughs> yeah. after that never went as well. But like, because on the first show you've always got the it's my first show you you're gonna come down. Yeah, and yeah. Everyone like reluctantly comes down, and then after that when you put on another show they're like, yeah, we went to one.
0: <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> But, but, yeah, that, that show was great.
0: But the the point I was making is, like, obviously, again, sort of being exposed to things quite later on, you obviously fully immersed yourself within sort of not just the music but wanting to be part of that scene, making a band and sort of putting yourselves out there sort of thing. So was it a case of just that you were so, like, enthralled by this music that you wanted to, to do anything and everything to be part of it? Or... I don't want this to sound like it was kind of catching up for lost time but because like you'd come to it late was it a case of like i need to do everything quickly sort of thing i don't think that ever crossed my
1: mind i think it was just like i was enjoying it and like we'd made friends with death girls and just recorded that split with them and we were like let's put on a show together and then just sort of everything kept spiraling like we ended up I don't know how, but in August, we ended up playing, like, 11 shows last year. Yeah. That was insane. And, like, we started playing shows only, like, a year before that. And at that point, we had, like, almost an entire, entirely different lineup. up um, So it's just sort of happened. <laughs> uh, I'm really pleased it did. But, yeah, it's been... Strange that it went so fast, and it just sort of feels like a blur. How quick everything's gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we went from like playing with. I think our first show I found through some like one of those websites that does like o- open mic nights. Right. And it was like with two soft indie rock bands. Death <laughs> Amazing. And that's where we met death goals and I was like, these guys are great. They sound like employed to serve and like. Uh, what was the other Tube Lord I was like they're employed to serve and Tube Lord mixed together Um, and then we became friends with them did that split and then like somehow by the year after we were playing with like Hexus and Godmother who I'd seen in New York supporting Dillinger and then we were playing with them like one degree of separation off Dillinger (laughs) I was I don't know how it happened
2: it's
0: been great but like the other thing obviously you said you've got like Split coming out soon writing the album as well like it might just be my perspective from being an outsider but it seems like you are like really prolific in sort of like wanting to write and put material out as well as sort of playing shows so is that just kind of your your mentality and the way that you work is that you constantly want to be doing stuff rather than resting on what you've got and then sort of playing that around for a bit and then coming back and writing new stuff I think the stuff. main
1: thing was more that i mean we finished that ep but that was i knew we'd rushed that we wrote that in a weekend mm. and then spent the next six months trying to record it and then um we had these the songs on this split i wrote like maybe a week or two after that right and we've just been playing them in live shows since and i want to get them out because it doesn't reflect where i am now with writing yeah but they're good songs that i think We've tweaked them enough since that they're a much better reflection of us than what the E.P. is. But it's still quite a long leap when, when the albums, when we, we do the album, it'll be quite a big leap going from this split and all this material to a lot more technical of a sound. Mm. And, um, but I think it'll. I think it's a good evolution. I'm happy with the split songs; like they're sounding great. The, the other songs on the split. are fantastic it's um the splits with sense offender who are i think they're from scarborough right they've got some members of um geist
0: oh yeah yeah
1: which i can't remember off the top of my head but um they're like blackened hardcore very the secret e gaza cool that kind of thing so as always like when we did the split with death girls i was like we can't be next to that song it's so good and then (laughs) with this split like they they gave us Uh, The masters of their songs to listen to, and I was just like, We can't be on a split with this, this is too good. (laughs) But I don't know, hopefully, we'll have confidence, and people won't just be like, Oh, yeah, it's a great split, but I skipped the people songs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it won't, I'm sure it won't. But um, you mentioned kind of being in a sort of different place writing, and obviously, I wanted to check with you before. Obviously, we chatted about this, but you recently came out and said that you are trying transitioning so obviously if you're happy to kind of talk about that a bit more just wanted to sort of because I think we're in a we're in an age now where especially in metal of all sort of genres like there's a lot more sort of acceptance of kind of LGBTQ sort of people and I think like seeing the reaction that you got when you sort of came out obviously, when you put the post on Facebook it was really sort of heartwarming so like first and foremost when you put that post out like what was your kind of initial reaction when you were seeing people come back to you like that
1: um, it was overwhelming I mean I didn't really expect that kind of response I that many people with their kind words like people I'd like talked to once on Facebook and never met like just being like you're brave and like I gotta respect that and but then like people I've known for ages like who i might have thought would be like not receptive and like sort of be a bit iffy about it everyone was just really kind yeah and especially everyone in the metal community like um everyone it shows has been super respectful and kind and uh it's just been a great like everything i was worried about like it,
0: it turned out fine in the end <laughs> yeah and obviously uh, like feel free to to not answer this if if you don't want to but like in terms of kind of your transition like when did you kind of start to feel that something like wasn't not right that's the wrong sort of turn of phrase but that you felt like there was I mean, something different feeling, yeah
1: feeling different would have been like probably five or six okay but like the thing is like understanding what that means
0: right yeah yeah
1: um yeah and like so like as a child i would have um my mom was very religious so it was sort of quite scary to me because like had a dream that I woke up a girl or something,
2: okay, and
1: it was the best thing ever. And I was super happy about <laughs> it. And I was worried I'd be kicked out of the house if my mum found out I had that dream or something, it was yeah, yeah, really paranoid. But I was just so terrified of anything, of like disappointing my mum and anything like that. And then I sort of almost figured it out first year of uni, but I, I got so close to thinking i might be trans that i was just like i don't want this i'll shut it down and yeah, push yeah. it down and pretend it's not there which like so i like tried to act more masculine and that wasn't part of me getting into male. i just <laughs> like music but um, uh, I, I you know trying to get a persona, trying to be more respected and be like a cool dude and it just sort of didn't work out it didn't make me happy i was unhappy with how i looked so i was unhappy with how people saw me um and everything and I realized like I can't just you can't like the longer it goes on repressed yeah the worse it'll get and the more depressing and sort of um yeah so I think it was like March or something I I sort of just worked it out and I was like, yeah that makes sense that's that that sort of explains everything yeah and then since then it's just been like, everyone's been super supportive and uh it's all sort of worked out um
0: really well and in terms of like you've said there, like kind of coming from your mum being like religious like what's the kind of family sort of support been like since you've sort of been um, transitioning it hasn't
1: been great um I,
0: I don't really want to talk no 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 no. That's, that's absolutely cool i totally understand it um but the other thing that i like just while we're kind of on this subject the kind of thing that i wanted to sort of get your opinion on i guess is is like the way that everyone is now as i say there's a lot more sort of people that are kind of supportive and open to like the lgbtq sort of way of thinking and i don't want to be like oh you need to be a a sort of a figurehead kind of thing but like do you feel that especially in the type of music that you play like off the top of my head i can't think of that many sort of trans people in the sort of math corey world so do you think that like the more people that are open about it it will open more people's eyes to like different sort of ideas
1: I think it's important to, like, have people out there just to show that it's okay and that, like, all your friends aren't going to, like, turn around and kill you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was absolutely terrified and I found inspiration in, like, um, I don't know if you know, but Connie Sarbosa from Sea uh, C- uh, Space Cowboys. Yes, yeah, yeah. For American maths they (laughs) self-described sasscore um they're they're fantastic and i just like everyone's like was is so supportive of that band they've got a great fan base um the guys at mathcore index are best friends with people in that band i think um one of the members of the callisdale boys trans as well oh i didn't know that band um but yeah like seeing people like that just sort of um Help me to think like everyone in the scene will probably be okay yeah yeah um and it was i mean i don't know any in the uk scene really but i think it's important for people to be there just to um it's like help people realize that you don't have to be ashamed and try and push it away and sort of just be yourself yeah at the end of the day and um uh, whatever makes you happy and is who you are, then you should be who you are, mm. in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great that there's so many women in the math course, scene, I think. Yeah. Um, that you don't really see in a lot of other sub, sub- genres, I don't think, because there's so many bands like Employed to Serve, Rollo Tomasi, Watch Cries, Ithaca, like, all fantastic female fronted. Math bands, and I think that was also inspirational for me to see that people aren't just going to be like, "Oh, this band's female fronted." <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's not. It's not the cool bros of mathcore. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I've got got to ask as well, just because you've bought up, employed to serve, the the famous yellow jumper. <laughs> oh,
1: the yellow jumper. Um, yeah, that was the first time I think I ever went outside presenting female. Um, and then that happened. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 it, I mean, I didn't plan for it. I thought, you know, people aren't going to dress up, probably explain, if people didn't understand. There was, uh, employed to serve shooting a music video in London and, uh, I showed up to it in a very, very bright yellow jumper and there's a photo of all, us, like, everyone at the shoot and I just stand out <laughs> like a sort of in right <laughs> individual. Uh, yeah it was it was a fun show that that was really nice that was a lot my first time coming out to a lot of friends there as well yeah Um, because that was before i'd come out uh that was sort of the yellow jumper picture going up was what sort of forced me to come out yeah yeah um a friend online uh posted it on reddit saying like my friend kate wore this jumper out and i was and then someone posted that on my wall was like look what i found and i was just like I probably can't leave it saying my <laughs> yeah. friend Kate and then not explain <laughs> what's going on there. So I sort of just rushed. Well, I copied something someone else had said pretty much, and then just changed it a bit to be my words. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all like I think seeing that reaction on that day because um, I'm I'm good friends with um, uh, Sammy Robbie, uh, all the guys from Importance. Yeah. And Justine. Well. Sort of no Justine, but not as well as the others. Yeah, but, um, Yeah, we've been friends for a while and they were all really kind to me. Um, and then there were loads of other friends just going to the shoot and it went really well and I was just like, people are okay. It's, <laughs> yeah. all... it's
2: fine.
0: And kind of like to, to start kind of winding things down, obviously you've mentioned the obviously recording and stuff, but... Have you got sort of plans for for shows and things for, for 2019, or is it just kind of take what you can at the moment? Yeah, we've got a
1: few plans at the moment. We're, um, we're playing uh, Metal to the Masses on the 13th of January. Uh, I don't
0: know if it'll be out. Uh, Yeah, the... it'll be out. Oh, my dates. I'm still in fest- <laughs> uh, festive period mode. My dates are all out, but it'll be out on Tuesday, so uh, whatever date that is. I, so, yeah, it'll, yeah, be, we'll it'll be, playing... be before then
1: so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, we're playing on Sunday at the Big Red in London for a like Battle of the Bands competition and every vote counts, so <laughs> if anyone can come down and show some support that would be sick. Um and then after that, um we've got a show up in Stevenage in April which should be fantastic we played stevenage in the month of really busy gigs last year yeah we were on at like 7 p.m so we were like we're playing somewhere we've never played So at 7 p.m it'll be fun to see the other bands and just to get <laughs> yeah. out of london but you don't expect anything and that was the most packed venue we had oh well once. that's cool it was like couldn't move for people everyone was really nice and like loved it i made quite a few friends that night um it, it was just great. I didn't expect the Stevenage scene to be so healy, so <laughs> Hopefully. I think we're on like second last at this gig in April because we're playing with um, Geist, um, Greybrain, who is a friend of our... Uh, the front man of that is a friend of our drummers because he was in an old band with him and uh, they're a sort of doom sludge um, band. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Craterhead which I was going to audition to be a bassist for at some point, but I was too busy. Um, but they're fantastic, grindcore, local band. Uh, if you've been to shows in London, you've probably met the guys in that band. Yeah. And then, I can't remember, Praetorian's the opener. That that band should be fantastic. That gig should be fantastic. And I think the last one we have planned is July or June, and that's... Um, the guy in
2: Crazy Heads organised a uh, tribute to Pantera night. Oh, wow, awesome. Um, so there's quite a few
1: but ba- I'm not sure which bands are on the bill for that, but I think they're mostly grindy sort of things. Yeah. And.
0: Um, so and are you, doing, a Pantera- are you Suicide- doing Pantera
2: songs?
1: Yeah. We're doing Suicide Note Part 2. We wanted to do New Level, but that one was taken, oh. sadly. But Suicide Note works because it's very messy yeah. and weird and whammy pedal centric so I'll, I'll be happy to <laughs> get a lot of use out of that i think we did we did another cover show last year of the tribute to death and played spirit crusher for that and that was good fun like that was really weird because i'd never had to it because we we're basically playing like death that it was from that last album death did which was like quite proggy as well yeah yeah um and that was interesting learning that um so it'll be interesting learning Suicide Night. Hopefully, we'll have more of the album songs in the set. I mean, at the moment, our live set is three songs from the EP, and then everything else is new. Okay. So although we've we've still got our Jane uh, Concubine cover. In nice. Converge because
0: it always goes down great. <laughs> yeah, like, I think just, I think I remember. Just
1: hear it, and they're just like, is this, "Is this is this Converge?" And then like it just when it kicks in, they're all. Everyone just goes mad every time. Like we can have a completely dead audience for a show, and like no one doing anything. And as soon as Converge comes on, like three people jump forward and like <laughs> yeah. start pitting. It's, it's crazy. I, I think people just love Converge. Like, I, think, I think. I think like that. Would actually care.
0: I think that show that we played with you. I think I did the same thing. Like afterwards, I was like. Nice concubine cover. <laughs>
2: so, 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 yeah. That was, that was uh, the one thing Pedram said when we played with Frontier. Uh,
1: his one sentence to me was just like, oh, nice nice concubine
2: cover.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's, it always seems to go down well.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, Kate, how I like to, to end this is to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So uh, what is your favourite pupil slicer song that you play live and why? And you can't Uh, can't say concubine.
1: Concubine? (laughs) Um, Probably Sophie off our split with Death I mean, we've got album songs in there and they're great fun, but Sophie, we always put at the end of the set, so it's always like, just give it everything. Yeah. And we've got one section in it where I jump off the stage at every show. No no ifs and buts. (laughs) Every show since our first show, I'll go off. Uh, I and mean, I've got lots of great memories with that I've got uh, played New Cross Inn in London last year and uh, I remember climbing up onto the bar during that
0: oh, nice. Bit.
1: so uh, yeah it's it's just fun every time because it's like our simplest riff but one of the most catchy because, yeah. it's, because it's straightforward <laughs> Yeah. so if you want to hear stuff that's out at the moment I guess Sophie's the song to go for yeah. over anything on the on the ep <laughs> because that's fair right. i don't want to say it. i like it it's okay it's just not what the band is
0: no yeah anymore. yeah no that's fair enough i get that cool right kate thank you very much for for your time this evening really appreciate it and look forward to, to hearing new material yeah it's been great thanks for
1: having me Tim.
0: no worries take it easy I'm sure
1: we'll catch up at a show
2: soon yeah
0: definitely cool take easy right. see you cheers bye, bye. so there we have it folks thanks again to kate for taking some time out of her evening to have a little chat with me um, as always there'll be links in the description of this episode where you can listen to pupil slicer keep up to date with everything they're doing is set as kate mentioned in the in the episode looking to record a full length at some point later this year which i for one am very excited about hearing so yeah keep up to date with all their stuff links will be in the description um going to keep this outro pretty short and sweet for this week but as mentioned, if you want to support the show even further, the first Patreon episode will be going live tomorrow. So head over to the Patreon page. There'll be links on all our platforms, as usual, if it so takes your fancy. But for now, thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you soon.